your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's happening? What's up, Raider Nation? Here we are, Thursday, October 8th, 2020. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And since it's Thursday, that's a crossover Thursday. We do it each and every Thursday. It used to be Wednesdays, but now we do it on Thursday here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And across the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, we look at the next opponent up on the schedule and we'll, we talk to the host of that Locked On show. So for the Raiders, it is Locked On Chiefs. That's the, that's the show and uh, the host, Chris Clark, I'll be talking to in today's show. Uh, getting our crossover on, preparing ourselves. And when I say ourselves, I mean us fans for the game on Sunday, the Raiders versus the Chiefs. So that's going to be coming up on today's show. But before I get into the details of today's show, I want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, and that is Pepsi. This football season we all know is different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Also, before I get into what's going to come up on the show and, you know, talk about the show in itself, uh, I got to give a big shout out. And every once in a while I do that. And if it's a special day for somebody, you know, I try to make it a little bit better. And my homeboy, man, Redbeard Raider, uh, met him in person uh, back at the last Raiders game in Oakland, December 15th, 2019. Myself and the wife were there. Uh, had a huge Lockdown Raiders podcast party. Uh, lots of great uh, listeners of this podcast were there in attendance. It was a hell of a show in, or a hell of a day. Uh, even though the Raiders came up with a loss, it was still a lot of fun. Redbeard Raider uh, hung out with him and his wife, Faye, all uh, all day long, pretty much. Uh, they got the tailgate on. Uh, he was on the grill. You know, they just put together a hell of a party. He hit me up and let me know that today is actually their anniversary, their fourth anniversary. She is now a full-fledged Raider fan. Apparently, he helped convert her, or he did convert her from a Niner fan. So that's a double win right there. Not only did he get the girl, not only did he convert her from a Niner fan, a Weiner fan, to a Raider fan, but now it's his fourth anniversary. So four years today. Uh, congratulations to Redbeard Raider and his wife, Faye. Uh, hopefully you have four, actually 44 more of these uh, great anniversaries. And you guys uh, celebrate it with a lot of Raider wins. So uh, congratulations to you guys. Celebrate your day. Have a great day. Um, and, and drink a beer or maybe even a Pepsi. Drink one for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, let me know when you, when you do because uh, me and the wife will... We'll go on and get our little knives, go on and get our little fruit, and go on and get some drinks, and we'll cheer it with you, all right? So uh, anyway, uh, happy anniversary to Redbeard Raider and his wife. Now, let's go ahead and get into today's show, and uh, I'll let you know what's coming up on today's show. I told you it's Crossover Thursday, so I will be talking to Chris Clark. He's the host of Locked on Chiefs in segment number two and segment number three. And I'll just tell you, man, I mean, when you're a Chiefs guy, when you cover the Chiefs, when you're a Chiefs fan, yeah, you get a little bit of, you know, your, your nose is in the air a little bit. You're feeling yourself a little bit. You know, you've been a really damn good team for a long time. You got the best quarterback in the league, 4-0 record. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff to like. So um, Chris Clark is... I'll say he's a good dude, but I think sometimes his nose be a little higher in the air than it needs to be. But it's okay. You can probably hear it in the interview that we do coming up in segment number two and three. Uh, it's okay, though. You know, it makes it even better when the Raiders step up and get a victory. It kind of is one of those where I almost want to send a tweet like, hey, how are you guys doing over there? But 
I ain't that I ain't that guy, man. I'm not that told you so guy or rub it in your nose guy. I'm just I'm a humble dude. Like to stay humble. But anyway, segment number two and three, you'll hear from uh, Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, as we break down this game coming up on Sunday between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes as I do on the daily. And I'll tell you right now, uh, the next few days, I feel like there's going to be a lot of news and notes regarding the Raiders and player availability, COVID-19. Is there any more guys that have tested positive? How about contact tracing? That's all stuff that we'll find out in the next few days. But uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the news and the notes of the day. Uh, One I thought was a real positive, Trent Brown and Henry Ruggs. They were both back at practice. Now, they were there on a limited capacity. Trent Brown, the right tackle, still dealing with a calf injury, but he was was out there limited which is much better than did not participate and Henry Ruggs wide receiver he's dealing with the knee and hamstring injuries but he was also out there in a limited capacity which just like I said about Trent Brown it's better than did not participate and there was other guys that were out there in a limited capacity uh, guys like Rico Gafford he's been uh, you know he's been out the last couple weeks dealing with the hamstring injury he was limited Jonathan Hankins he's dealing with the eye injury he got poked in the eye on uh, on Sunday and uh, it, it looked like it was pretty bad I don't know if he got a spike in the eye I don't know if he got a finger in the eye Something got in his eye, and uh, he was out there on a limited capacity. I'm sure he'll probably be okay for for Sunday. LaMarcus Joyner, he's dealing with a rib injury. He was limited. Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, he came back last week dealing with that pec injury. He was limited, so I feel pretty good about him being out there. Nevin Lawson, who's been dealing with the ankle injury, you just heard from him on the podcast on Wednesday. He was limited. Keyshawn Nixon, hamstring, he was limited. Jalen Richard, ankle injury, he was limited. Now, I know that that ankle injury sounds like it's a little bit more than just you know your average ankle injury, so that might be something to pay attention to but I do believe all those guys I just rattled off that were limited outside of uh, of Henry Ruggs and Trent Brown will definitely play on Sunday now Trent Brown and, and Henry Ruggs are the two that I'm really really paying attention to Jonathan Abram, he's dealing with a shoulder and thumb injury. He was full. Alec Ingold has a thumb injury. He was full. Jacobs has a hip injury. He was full. John Simpson, shoulder injury. He was full. All those are good to go. All those, I have 100% confidence in them being out there on Sunday as well. And then Malik Collins, shoulder illness. Uh, He did not participate. Brian Edwards, he's still dealing with that foot and ankle injury. He did not participate. Uh, And then Rodney Hudson center but that wasn't injury related he just I think had a veteran day off so he didn't participate I wouldn't be concerned about that tight end Jason Witten not injury related he didn't participate again veteran day off wouldn't worry about that at all so for the most part man it looks like these guys are starting to get healthy which is great because the Raiders need all the healthy guys all the healthy bodies that they could possibly get uh again just paying attention for the most part to Trent Brown who was limited and Henry Ruggs who was limited on Wednesday we'll see what they do the rest of the week but it's at least trending in the right direction. Don't mean it's going to end in the right direction, but at least it's trending in the right direction. I also wanted to bring you a couple sound bites from the Raiders media session from Wednesday, and it was John Gruden, it was uh, Denzel Good, it was Derek Carr. I'm not going to bring you a, a, a lot of those sound bites. You can go to Raiders.com. I let you know that all the time. Raiders.com. You can go to their Periscope page, their YouTube page. You can find the whole thing in its entirety there. So I'm not going to bore you and let you hear everything, but just a couple things that stood out to me. A couple sound bites from John Gruden, and also one from Derek Carr that really stood out to me. So let's go ahead and, and jump right into it. I talked about Trent Brown, and and I talked about Henry Ruggs being out. Out there at practice on Wednesday and even though it was a limited capacity it was a good sign in my in my opinion you know it sounds like they're trending in the right direction so John Gruden was asked after practice about those guys being out there and he, if he felt that them being in practice was a good sign that they may practice or may play on Sunday oh we've been working Trent for a long time so he wouldn't be out there practicing if he wasn't close to being ready he's missed a lot of time Ruggs is a rookie uh, who had no spring practice and he's missed a lot of time so I don't know if they're going to play this week or not, but 
It's good to have them back out on the field. So to me, it doesn't sound like it's too promising that they're going to play. What they might do, what actually kind of makes a lot more sense to me, is that they probably miss this game. And look, I could be 100% wrong. This is just a gut feeling, which is what I roll with all the time. Probably miss this game, go into the bye week, and then be ready for the next game, which is what, Tampa Bay? So, you know, just have an extra week off so they could be fully healthy when they get back. That's probably what they're going to do. But again, that's just my gut feeling. Now, John Gruden was also asked about the upcoming opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, when you talk about the Chiefs, you think about their offense. Well, he was asked by Jerry McDonald about their defense and how their defense has been playing really well, helping them stay in games like they did against the Patriots on Monday night when their offense wasn't necessarily clicking. I think that's the best, the best uh, story, a uh, question I've heard. I mean, that, that is a great point. They're number two in scoring defense, number five in total defense. Uh, they take the ball away. They blitz you. They come from everywhere. And they've got uh, two great players on their front. They got a very good linebacker core. They play aggressive coverage in the secondary. And I give Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, a lot of credit. You have no idea what he's going to come up with next. And it's a great, uh, it's a great scheme. It's very diverse. And uh, Tyra Matthews is, is one of the guys that really makes it go. So uh, they've been real, real stingy to everybody that I've seen them play. So there's John Gruden talking about the Chiefs defense. And, and he's right. They're playing better than they, than they have been in the past. You know, there's still some suspect areas of it. They're still not that great against the run, in my opinion. They still leave a couple holes. Like the tight end, I think, could still kind of get off. But either way, their defense has been creating turnovers, giving their uh, offense short fields. They've been coming up with some big plays here and there, really, to keep them in game. And, you know, that's all you really ask, especially when you have a high-octane offense like the Chiefs do. So that's going to be uh, a little bit challenging as well. And the final clip I want you to hear is actually from quarterback Derek Carr. And I don't really play his media sessions very often. But this one I, I really kind of uh, – I, I was excited about when I heard him talk about it just because, you know, he was talking about – uh, you know, his, his anger. He was asked by Paul Gutierrez at ESPN.com. He was asked about his anger following Sunday's game against the Bills where he said he was pissed off. He was tired of losing. And Paul basically asked him, well, how do you channel that? How do you take that anger and translate it to the play on the field so it helps elevate your team? Here's a really good answer, I thought, from Derek Carr. I think Coach does a really good job of uh, accountability. And I think that that's the word that it comes down to for everybody is holding yourself to a certain standard. And when you don't meet that standard, just owning it, you know? And just saying, hey man, just, uh, to your peers, like, hey, I didn't meet that standard. And had a really, really, uh, what was it? What did we meet, Monday? Uh, really, really good meeting Monday as a team uh, about that. And guys just owning, saying, yeah, and I'm gonna fix it and all that kind of stuff. And myself included, like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And when, whenever you have that, at least it gives you a chance to do things the right way. You know, Paul, like, at least, at least it gives you the chance. Cause I've been on, <laughs> I've been, on, I've been on some teams here in the past where there was none of that and it just it just went haywire, you know what I mean? So at least it gives you a fighting chance when you got guys that'll own up to it and be like, hey, this is what I need to do, myself included, this is what I need to do. And, and then, you, and then you, sh you show your teammates that you're working on it at practice. Now I like that because he was basically talking about his teammates being accountable and the accountability. And that's something that Josh Jacobs has talked about. I've talked about it here on the podcast multiple times. Like last year against the Jets, there was guys that quit. You know, this week uh, against the Bills, after the game, Josh Jacobs said, you know what? Nobody quit. I didn't see any guys quitting on the team. That shows that these guys all have accountability. I mentioned Damon Arnett earlier in the season when he wasn't playing so well. And I know he took a 
couple plays off because his, his thumb was was banged up and hurting. But he was standing there right next to, to head coach, or not head coach, but defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, uh, trying to soak it all in. It looks like these guys are trying to be accountable for their actions, which is really, really good, really, really positive. And Derek Carr really talked about it in, in great length right there. So I thought that that was pretty uh, impressive. So I, I just wanted you to be able to hear that. But if you want to hear all the media sessions from the Raiders on Wednesday, definitely go check out Raiders.com. Check out their uh, Periscope page. Check out their YouTube page. Either way you look at it, you can find it and you can see all of their uh, John Gruden, Derek Carr, and uh, Denzel Good. You can hear it all in its entirety. So that's all I got for you. Oh, no, one more little note, little nugget that I got, something maybe to pay attention to. Uh, there's been a, a picture. I know it's floating around Instagram. I don't have Instagram, but a couple people tweeted it at me. Vontez Burfitt, former uh, Raider linebacker. He played with the Raiders for four games last season. Uh, then he got suspended and missed the rest of the season. Uh, he's ev- apparently in Vegas. Uh, he tweeted out a couple pictures, or there's a couple pictures floating around Twitter right now of him out there in Vegas. I think he took one from the airplane, and you can see over the hotels and everything. So the speculation that Vontez Burfitt is trying out with the Raiders or at least, you know, they're, they're kicking the tires on him. I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just saying that he's in Vegas, so maybe something to pay attention to, maybe something to look out for. We might hear something in the next few days or so. We know that the defense is kind of banged up, and look, the run defense was really good when uh, the Raiders had Vontez Burfitt for the four games. Once he went down, that run game was not very good, and he knows Paul Gunther's defense really, really well, so maybe he is. Maybe he's the last line of defense for Paul Gunther. Who knows? Maybe he's in there to check out the Raiders, or maybe he just went to Vegas because people go to Vegas. Who knows? Either way, I just wanted to pass that along to you and let you know I don't know anything new about that as of right now, but I'm aware that he is in Vegas, so if I find out something, I'll definitely bring it to the table. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear the part, part one of my crossover edition with Chris Clark host of Locked On Chiefs. Before I get into that, though, want to tell you about a couple sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, and one of them is Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. They always are giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. So right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. It's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, it's an official partner of the NFL. I also want to tell you about my good friends at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com, shop for all auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they got everything. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. It doesn't matter if your car is a classic, a daily driver. Everything you need is just a few easy clicks away, and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car, choose the brand, specifications, and most importantly, the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are always super low, and they're the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers, so there's no need to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, write Locked On Raiders Podcast in the little box that says, how'd you hear about us? And that, that makes them know that I sent you to them. Amazing selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, all from rockauto.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, October 8th, 2020. It is crossover Thursday. Next team up on the schedule for the Raiders is, of course, the Hated Chiefs, uh, and the game is going to be in Arrowhead. So to help me break this game down, even though I know a lot of Raider fans are like, ah, you know, it's the Chiefs, don't really need to break it down too much. Hey, it is what it is, man. It's the next team up on the schedule. Play them twice a year, and this is the first time, week five of the NFL season. To help me break down this game is the host of the Locked On Chiefs, Chris Clark. We're going to talk all things Chiefs. We're going to talk all things Raiders. He's going to get his Howard Cosell on here in part one, and then I'll flip it over and get my Howard Cosell on in part two in segment number three. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Here's part one of our conversation, talking Raiders and talking Chiefs here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And welcome back to another crossover episode. This is Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark, and I have with me Q from Locked On Raiders. Q, how you doing? Real good, real good, man. It's uh, it's Chiefs Raiders week, so you can't really, if you can't get excited and pumped up for this week, then you probably don't have a pulse. <laughs> Fair enough. That is very true. This is going to be a good week. Uh, Raiders started off hot 2-0. and They're now 2-2 and after a couple of rough games. But let's go ahead and get into it real quick. What have you seen from this Raiders team this year that you didn't see in the past? Well, you know, this year in particular, uh, I I like the fight. I like the fight. I like the want to. I like the fact that none of these guys look like they're hanging their head and none of these guys look like they're quitting on the team, which they shouldn't do anyway. But uh, something in particular stood out to me last year. Josh Jacobs said after the Jets game, he saw guys on his team quit. And that really made him angry and pissed him off because, well, he's just not cut from that kind of cloth. You know, it's about uh, fighting till the end. And and no matter what the score is, competing, competing, competing. And he didn't didn't see that from that team when they beat, uh, lost to the Jets last year and then a couple other games as well. And you haven't seen that so far this year. Like you mentioned, got off to a hot start 2-0 and and uh, ultimately have lost two in a row, one to the Patriots and one to the Bills, uh, both two really good teams uh, in the AFC. But uh, either way, man, you didn't see them hang their head. There were moments where the team didn't look good, particularly on defense, but they, uh, they're still fighting. They're still clawing. They're still believing that as long as there's some time on the clock, they can they can get back into the game and find a way to win. And that's all you really ask for, man. You ask for your football players to be football players, not worried about anything else. Just go out there and scratch, claw, grind, try to get out there and uh, win the game. And that's what that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, if you said that they were 2-2 two and two after four games, uh, I would take that. That's only one quarter of the, of the season. There's still 12 games left to go, including this one coming up against Kansas City on Sunday. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I feel like at least they're heading in the right direction. They still need a lot of work to do, but they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, and I can see that. My question to you, my next question to you is about Derek Carr. What have you seen from him this season as compared to the past couple of seasons? He's got obviously a great weapon in Darren Waller, who was actually shut down by the New England Patriots, uh, but it looks like he came back a little bit, at least against the Bills. But what have you seen from Derek Carr this year? Uh, he's got a little bit of edge to him. You know, he's said multiple times now he's tired of being disrespected. He said that before the season started, uh, following the Bills game on Sunday. He said that, uh, you know, losing sucks. He's tired of losing. He wants to win games. So you could tell he's getting a little agitated. He's getting a little irritated. And I personally like that, man. I know everybody doesn't like it when people get an attitude and get upset. But I like it when someone has a little edge to him and, and is ready to kind of put their money where their mouth is and, and show a little something, something. So I'm hoping that that kind of translates to uh, his play on the field and that he tries to maybe get in, uh, not in get in everybody's business, like get it, get all up in their face or anything, but just kind of uh, push these guys and urge these guys and lead these guys a little bit more and, and, and be a little bit stronger. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a leader, but I just kind of like to see a little bit of more emotion out of him just to get these guys fired up and, and get them on the same page. And, uh, you know, maybe it's going to make him go out there and feel like he has to put the team on his back a little bit more and do a little bit more work, uh, you know, and, and take a few more risks maybe down the field. I'm not too sure how that translates 
uh, as far as his gameplay goes. But I just kind of like the edge that he has and, and the, 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 at least the edge that he's speaking with uh, after games and, and in press conferences. It sounds like he's getting a little fed up and, and he's ready to go out there and show and prove. And, and that's what he needs to do. Yeah, you got to love when your players are, are have a little bit of an edge to them, especially yeah. your leaders, uh, really attacking, not necessarily attacking their own teammates, but pushing their teammates to be better. It's absolutely what you want to see from your leader, especially your QB. When you look at the Raiders this year, they're obviously in Las Vegas first year. That's a big deal. Uh, not able to have fans in the stands when it comes to games. That's not going to be an issue in Kansas City. You'll have a couple of fans there. But you still look at this team at 2-2. Two and two, They face the Bills and they face the Patriots, and those are two tough teams. But we got a little bit of news right before this show started with Mo Hurst going on the COVID list. What can you tell us about that, and where do you think that's going to affect this team? Well, that's a good question. Uh, he tested positive on Monday. The sample that they took on Monday, he uh, he tested positive with right now, the sample that co- they collected from him. And uh, apparently the contact tracing process is underway. They're trying to find out who's been in close proximity of him. Uh, and, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a strange week and you really got to cross your fingers and uh, you very well know how things could can you know change quick fast and in a hurry uh, as Kansas City had to move their game to Monday against the Patriots because of COVID-19 with Cam Newton and uh, it, it's just you know maybe it's just Mo Hurst maybe it's just an isolated incident that would be great but maybe it's four maybe it's five guys maybe the the contact tracing determines that it's six guys or seven guys maybe we're talking about you know pushing pushing this game I mean there's there's a chance that this game could not get, might not get played on Sunday, you know, which would be the worst case scenario. But uh, yeah, man, it's def- definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, the NFL has been very uh, adamant about trying to follow all the protocols. Uh, the Raiders have been one of the worst teams in the league as far as pro- following the protocols. John Gruden's been fine. The team's been fine. Uh, multiple players got fined at Darren Waller's uh, charity event for being at Darren Waller's charity event and uh, didn't have their masks on. It was a lot of guys, and I know it was there for a, a good cause, but it's still a bad look. So it's been like $565,000 the Raiders have been fine so far as a team uh, over the past few weeks because of COVID-19 violations and the NFL's talking about possibly you know suspending players or or maybe they look at the league at the Raiders and say you know what screw you guys you guys are continue to, to you know violate the the protocol uh, that's just going to be your game you guys just have to take that L in that game I mean that's that's all under the, the the rights of the NFL and the NFLPA they can actually go ahead and do that I know they talked about taking away draft picks I'm sure that'd be the last measure but uh, the, the team's got to be very careful and, and Mo Hurst who wasn't even at Darren Waller's event you know, it's just one guy. Uh, we'll see what happens when the, the contact tracing comes back. But this is a very interesting week for the Raiders and uh, who could potentially be out or if the game is even going to get played on Sunday. Uh, it's a slippery slope, but uh, this is this is what the NFL is in 2020. Well, and, and with the Chiefs specifically, you can't look at this game and say, OK, well, we're going to play it on Monday night. You can't do that because they're going to end up playing on Thursday night against the Bills. Right. So you can't move it in that regard this week like you could this past week. Uh, and there's already been questions from people in the Kansas City area about playing three games in 10 days or three games in 11 days. That right. seems awfully uh, – that seems like it's asking a lot for a team to do. So a bunch of questions when it comes to that. Uh, have to find out about Kansas City. Have to find out about New England, uh, Buffalo, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And I did say it right. I can't believe <laughs> I said it right. I'm messing that up. Right. Uh, but – a lot of these players, you know, all this testing this week is going to be very critical to see if the NFL has got this under control. Tennessee seems to have it under control right now, but it's time to see whether or not, 
you know, the Raiders are going to have it under control. The Kansas City Chiefs had a practice squad player that tested positive. Right. Uh, and then they played the Patriots, and nobody tested positive in the two days after Cam Newton. So you think it's okay, but it's hard to know at this point. And look, look how many people it was in Tennessee. You know, it started off with, what, three players and two staff members. It started yep. out at five total, and then it was like 19 when it was all said and done. So, I mean, yep. this thing happens, man, and it moves, and it spreads quick, fast, and in a hurry. So uh, the Raiders got to hope that they're on their A game. They got to hope that, like I said, this is an isolated incident and that, uh, you know, it's only going to affect Mo Hurst. And, and look, Mo Hurst, I, I forgot to mention, uh, you know, there's a reason why he fell on the draft when he came out uh, out of Michigan. It was because of a heart condition. So not only is he dealing with this COVID-19, this positive test that came back on Monday, but this dude already has, you know, a, a heart condition that made a lot of teams stay away from him in the draft. And, uh, you know, you just don't know how that's going to complicate things, uh, COVID-19 and the condition that he's dealing with right now. So uh, not only are you worried about other players getting it, you're worried about the player that is positive right now for it if he's going to be okay. So that's another area of this to think about. And then selfishly, if you want to just think about him on the field, he's actually the best defensive lineman that they got right now. I mean, you I'm know. glad you brought that up because I was about <laughs> to ask you about that specifically. He has been their pass rush or a, lo- a large portion of their pass rush because they really got shut down on the bills from what I saw on uh, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the, from the defensive tackle position, he's been the best guy. Uh, Malik Collins was brought in from the Cowboys, and he was supposed to be the the key to the defense, according to John Gruden, but he really hasn't been that guy, you know? And Mo Hurst has been a guy that you see him flying around sideline to sideline for a big man. He's been all over the field and uh, making plays and trying to get pressures on the quarterback, and he actually leads the team in pressures on the quarterback. Not saying that's a lot, because they only got four sacks right now uh, as a unit, <laughs> but uh, they still, you know, they're, they're getting pressure from him in the interior uh, of the defensive line so he needs to be out there clearly he's not going to be out there but man it's it's a it's a rough go you know now you're looking at Malik Collins who you hope is 100% healthy you're looking at Jonathan Hankins who you hope is 100% healthy and you look at that defensive line and say yeah it's kind of lacking a little bit so uh, not only is it you know obviously COVID is something to worry about obviously his heart condition is something to worry about but if you're a Raider fan and you want to see him out there performing uh, that you, you make a lot of sense to do that because well he's been the best guy on that defensive line on the interior and he's not going to be there so that's a big loss as well well and then not to mention that he's going up against Patrick Mahomes it's a one it's right. one week that you definitely don't want to be missing one of your star defensive players nope. uh, especially somebody that can try to collapse the pocket in the middle uh, that's a big thing so one last question to you real quick when you look at the wide receivers the Raiders have brought in what have you seen from guys like Henry Ruggs and the rest of the wide receiving core well, Henry Ruggs has speed to, for days. Uh, any Kansas City Chief fan understands that when you look at Tyreek Hill and John Gruden specifically mentioned Tyreek Hill when they drafted him, said, hey, that's, you know, that's that's their version of Tyreek Hill. He's got that kind of speed and uh, everyone knows speed kills. Brian Edwards, he's a very violent route runner and that's a positive. That's a good thing. Uh, he's just, he's a grown man out there, you know, and so like what he brings to the table. But with those two guys, uh, there's a good chance that both of them are going to be out. You know, Ruggs is dealing with a hamstring injury. He's missed a, a couple games and then Brian Edwards, he missed missed this last game against the Bills. So uh, now you're looking at Zay Jones. You're looking at Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I like those guys. I think they're out there. They're, they're competing. They're performing. Nelson has the experience. You know, he went on the Super Bowl run with the Eagles. So he's got that veteran experience. Uh, Zay Jones has kind of been a journeyman, obviously, but he's still, he's out there competing. Darren Waller, of course, is going to be the dude from the tight end position. He's going to be the the main guy that, that the Raiders look at. Uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, like what he brings to the table. He's a good slot guy. He's a good possession guy. Third and Renfro is what they call him, you know, he just he comes up with big plays here and there, and of course, you know the, the run game led by Josh Jacobs. But as far as the wide receivers go, man, uh, if Henry Ruggs isn't out there and Brian Edwards isn't out there, it's tough sledding because that's just a lot of talent that the Raiders don't have uh, to go up against a very talented Kansas City Chiefs team.
Well, and yeah, you're taking a lot of speed off the field, which yeah. is what really kills you uh, as a defense trying to defend all that speed. Kansas City uh, can attest to that from their offensive sideline. Let's go ahead and flip it back. When we get back, Q will be asking me some questions. So that was part one of our conversation right there, talking all things Raiders, talking all things Chiefs as we prepare, and I say we as fans, as we prepare for week five of the regular season and the first matchup with the hated Chiefs there in Arrowhead. So uh, when we come back on the other side in segment number three, I'll get my Howard Cosell on. I'll talk to him about all things Chiefs. I'll ask him about, you know, a short week. I'll ask him about the defense. I'll ask him about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and a lot more. That's coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about out Built Go. I've been telling you about them for the past couple weeks from the great makers of Built Bar. They have Built Go, and that helps you get through your wall. What wall are you talking about? It's that one wall where, you know, you take an energy drink or you drink an energy drink and you're all pumped up, you're all fired up, and then all of a sudden you realize that energy is fake. It's not lasting. It's not natural. Well, that's where Built Go comes in because, well, the energy is not fake. It is lasting and it is natural. So instead of, you know, me having to send a text message out to my daughter and say, hey, bring me a, a Red Bull because I'm kind of I'm kind of down and I need a little bit of a boost. All I got to do is go to Built Go. All I got to do is get a Built Go and try it, take it in, and it's going to help me out. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's natural, so it's better for your body. Again, it's kind of like drinking a Red Bull or a Monster with a third of the caffeine and much better results. And they got three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Of course, you want to know, well, why does it work so well? How does it work so well? Well, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. The wife always tells me about collagen. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. It's easy on the stomach. Matter of fact, it's good for your joints, your soft tissue, hair, skin. It is good for you. So you can go ahead and, and like I said, have natural energy that is absolutely good for you. So right now, visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 30% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 30% off your offer at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Segment number three is next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we are, crossover edition, Raiders and Chiefs week. It's a hated rivalry. Uh, do it twice a year. Love it. And uh, talking right now with host of Locked On Chiefs, Chris Clark. And uh, Chris... How do you think the Chiefs coming off a short week will affect the team? How do you think their performance will be since they didn't expect to have a short week, but because of COVID, because of the Patriots and Cam Newton, their game got pushed to Monday. So they had to perform on Monday and now they got to turn around and, and compete against the, the Raiders in, in Kansas City, at least it's, it's a home game for them, but still, uh, how do you think that that'll affect them? I do think it's going to affect them. You know, really most weeks that would be a, an off day for the team and they would get some rest and they would be in a much better position to go into this game against the Raiders. It's going to be a divisional game. It's always tough uh, when you play divisional games uh, and the Raiders are going to be no exception this year. Uh, I was really surprised. I'm not going to lie with the way they started off the season. I wasn't expecting them to start off the season two and oh and you know and then they got to two and two and you know but you look at who they played you know playing Cam Newton and the New England Patriots when they did and then playing the Buffalo Bills. Those are two very good teams. So I'm not putting anything against the Raiders for those two losses. Uh, but when you look at this game, you know, Kansas City's offense kind of sputtered a little bit at the Patriots after looking like they were unstoppable against the Ravens. So I do think that coming off a short week is going to be a big question. And not only that, but then you also have to figure that they're going to be wanting to conserve a little bit because they're going to have another game four days later against 
the Buffalo Bills. Mm, yeah, that's going to be something for real. Uh, speaking of that Patriots game Monday night, the Patriots, they looked good for a while. You know, they thought they, it looked like they were going to give the Chiefs a run for their money. Do you think or how do you think that that game would have looked different if Cam Newton was the quarterback and not Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham? Well, I do think that there's a lot of stuff that would have changed. Uh, I will say this. Patrick Mahomes didn't play a very good game against the New England Patriots. He hasn't played uh, very well against the New England Patriots in the past. Uh, and that's one thing he hasn't figured out is Belichick's defenses, uh, at least for most of the game. He's figured it out when it matters most in some instances. But, you know, you look at this game and you look at uh, what it's going to mean and, and really what the Patriots game meant. You know, without Cam Newton, I think it really hampered what they could do. Brian Hoyer took a sack at the end of the first half that you just absolutely cannot take. I, right. I don't know if he seemed to think that he had another timeout. <laughs> I don't know how you have that when you're that kind of player and you're a veteran like that. But obviously Cam Newton's got, not going to put them in that position, I don't think. Uh, and, you know, that took away a huge part of their running game as well. I mean, they still ran the ball well on Kansas City, but if you're able to do an RPO against Kansas City like they weren't able to do with the two QBs they were using, I think that really changes the dynamic of the game, and it could have been a lot different. A lot of teams, well, not a lot of teams. It's only been four games in the season so far, but teams have been able to run the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the Raiders, that's how they butter their bread. Josh Jacobs is going to be their bell cow. Um, if you had an Achilles heel, if you looked at the Chiefs and said there's an Achilles heel on the team right now, would it be the, the rush defense? And if so, um, what do they have to do to clean that up? You know, honestly, in a lot of ways, I think that part of what's hurting them so much is not having any preseason games. Uh, and I know it seems like a little bit of a cop out, but no, that when makes you think sense. about everything that you miss during those preseason games, you really get into football condition because you're actually playing a game because it is different than a practice. And you're actually getting into the tackling uh, that you're not able to do at training camp. And I really do think that you start looking at what they missed the first three weeks and the first four weeks. There was a lot of missed tackles from just them not taking people to the ground right. Uh, and I think that that's something that they're going to continue to work on. Uh, they are struggling at the linebacker level. I don't really know that there's going to be a great way to fix that in season this year. I think you're going to have to replace some players to be able to fix that. But what they've done is, is they've really gone to a four safety set at some at times. Now, if they do that against the Raiders, that's going to complicate things because you don't want to put four safeties on the field with Josh Jacobs running at you. Right. Uh, what about the Raiders' uh, other big-time weapon? We mentioned him earlier in the show, Darren Waller, obviously from the tight end position, but it's almost like a glorified wide receiver, just bigger. Uh, how have the, uh, the Chiefs been so far this season uh, defending the tight end, and especially a guy uh, similar to Darren Waller? Well, you look at what they did with Andrews a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he yeah. didn't have a very good game uh, for the Ravens. I'm right. not going to say that they're the same player, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. What I will say is that uh, right now, as it sits right now, and no offense to your wide receiver core, but Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones don't scare me near as much as Henry Ruggs would. Uh, and even necessarily Edwards, I wouldn't be as worried about. But Henry Ruggs with that speed, that is something that would concern me. So with that, if that speed is not going to be on the field, it's going to change the way Kansas City will defend you. And I do think that they will look at maybe doubling Waller most of the game. And I think that would be the smart way to go, especially if you don't have to worry about somebody beating you over the top like Ruggs could on a regular basis. How about the Honey Badger? That guy, I mean, I respect the hell out of him. He's been a great player since been in the league, even when he was with the Cardinals, he went to the Texans. Now he's there in Kansas City. Uh, how, how much has he been a, a good influence for some of those young guys, particularly on the back end of that Kansas City defense? He's got swagger in it. You know, there's not anything I can I can say against him. He has just been such a great player and such a great find for Kansas City. He actually he really brings the attitude to this team, and I absolutely love it. So, I mean, you just see him. It doesn't matter. And and one of the things that I've all, I've loved about him is over the past couple of years, over the past two years, it doesn't matter if they've won or if they've lost. 
He's almost always the same player the day after the game. It's always about we have things to clean up. We have to get better. Uh, and obviously, you know, starting 4-0, Kansas City is now 4-0 for the first time. or In NFL history, they are four years in a row, first team to go 4-0 for four straight years. So they've been good for a long time starting the season off right. But you look at what the Honey Badger is looking at, and he's sitting there saying, we still have to get better. There's still things we have to clean up that, you know, we are a work in process or work in progress. That is the attitude he takes and the entire team follows him and they absolutely seem to love him on the sidelines and every single player seems to love the guy. Talking right now with Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, as uh, the Chiefs and Raiders prepare to face each other on uh, Sunday. It is uh, a division rivalry, the most hated rivalry in the division. See them twice a year, but this is the first one in 2020. And just got a couple more questions for you, Chris. How much has running back uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, how much has he brought to the table, kind of helped balance out that offense so it's not always on Patrick Mahomes? But uh, not only can he run the rock, but he can catch the ball from the backfield as well. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch and just some of the holes he gets through and his ability to, you know, get out into space. One of the things that they did against the Patriots that I hadn't seen him do yet was they really pitched in the ball. They gave him a couple of of sweeps where they actually pitched in the ball as opposed to a handoff. And, you know, that doesn't sound like a big thing. But when you think about the speed he has, his elusiveness, getting him out in space where he is away from everybody and he's running away from everybody from the start, that's a great uh, designed by Andy Reid, and I'm really glad to see them do that. I really think that he's going to be a guy that's going to continue to get better throughout the season. Uh, he always seems to be following forward, uh, and one of the best things that I've liked about him is every se- every time he seems to be running in traffic, he always seems to put two hands on the ball uh, at the right time, so you got to love that as well. And my final question, uh, the Texans, they fired uh, Bill O'Brien, the head coach and general manager, on Monday. So it took too long to do that. Oh, yeah, no no doubt about that. But uh, in, in your in your opinion, is it almost the inevitable that uh, at some point this offseason, not necessarily saying the Texans, but offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach somewhere in this league? He should be. Uh, I would have thought he was going to get a head coaching gig last year. It looks yeah. like Andy Reid is actually letting call plays right now. Uh, at least on the sidelines, it looks like he's the one calling the plays, and that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, so I think Andy Reid has let him really uh, step up in his in his role, and I think that's a great thing. You know, honestly, I think the one thing that's worked against him in the past couple of years is Kansas City seems to keep going so deep into the playoffs, and I really do think that that has hampered him at times. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for him, though, you know, honestly, you go to a situation, Houston may, may be a good one because you have a great quarterback already, uh, you don't have any draft capital for the next year, but you have a great quarterback, so maybe that's a good situation for him. But do you really want to go to a place like the Jets? I mean, I, I don't know that I'd want to go there. I mean, you don't want to go to a complete rebuild. So right. no, I that, think he that, deserves to be a head coach. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I just, I'll, I'm like you. I'm shocked that he's not already a head coach. I'm surprised they didn't lose him after the Super Bowl win. Uh, but I, I appreciate just kinda... that he's not personally, but I, <laughs> I think he should be. Right. I just kind of feel like uh, at some point he'll probably be – He'll probably be a, a head coach in 2021, and and with the Texans firing Bill O'Brien so early, I kind of think they got a jump start on on checking out everything, even though they couldn't fill the void till till after the year. Yep, and and it's really funny because Romeo Cannell is the guy taking over for Bill O'Brien, and uh, you know they were talking about how it's going to be good for the Dolphins. I'm not so sure it will be. I think Cornell has an opportunity to at least turn it around a little bit there. 
So there it is right there. That was the crossover edition. That was Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, uh, getting you prepared, getting you ready for the game on Sunday. Uh, as long as the game gets played, either way, it uh, should be a very interesting game. The Chiefs, we all know, going in with a 4-0 record. Raiders sitting at 2-2. Two two. It's a hated rivalry. Throw the, win- the, the records out the window when it comes to games like this. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel very uh, high on it. I'm not very, uh, you know, like, Got a gut feeling that the Raiders are just going to go in there and win. I do think that they're going to play better than we've seen the last couple of weeks. I think you're going to see better better performance from both sides of the ball, but we'll see. You know, it's a gut feeling right now. We'll actually get into much more of the conversation on tomorrow's show as we close out the week the right way. Uh, again, on Friday's show, we'll have calls and texts straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, maybe a couple tweets as well. Well, we'll talk about the game plan, what the Raiders need to do to come away with the victory uh, in Arrowhead against Kansas City in week five. We'll talk about that, and of course, we'll have more news and notes. We'll check out the injury report, see how things are going, see how, uh, you know, hopefully no more guys uh, drop due to COVID-19 19. Uh, there's a lot to pay attention to, and we'll be all over it here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So uh, until tomorrow's edition, Raider Nation, stay safe. Uh, wash your hands. You know, keep your distance, social distance, wear your mask, take care of your family, and most importantly, just win, baby.